Hey friends, welcome back to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast. Have you or someone else in your family really been struggling with getting good quality sleep? We know that that can be so hard. If maybe it's not just you, maybe it's a child and they're keeping you up at night, then that's hard on you. It can be hard on our emotions. It can really wear on our ability to cope with everyday life and to handle stress. And honestly, it's just not healthy for our bodies to have little amounts of sleep. And so I have actually had different times where I have felt extremely sleep deprived. And today I want to share with you seven different tips I have for helping to improve sleep, whether it's for you or for a child. This will work either way, but I'm gonna share those with you. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi friend, do you dream of having a garden but you don't know where to start? Do you want to switch to more natural products but feel overwhelmed by all the options? Do you believe that a holistic lifestyle would help your special needs kiddo but you're daunted by all the information out there? Welcome to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast where you will learn how to work towards your dream for homesteading, gardening, and holistic living in small, simple steps that won't overwhelm you. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a wife, Jesus follower, and mom to some amazing kids. As some of my kids began experiencing health struggles and developmental delays, I decided it was time to switch to a holistic lifestyle. I quickly became stressed out and burnt out, feeling like I needed to change everything at once. I finally realized that I had to start making one small change at a time, then build from there. I learned to walk this holistic journey in a way that works for me and my family without stress or overwhelm or constantly feeling like I wasn't doing enough. If you're ready to hear from another mama who understands what it's like to have no time and who can help you make changes towards better health for your family in a way that works for your specific life, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in your earbuds, reheat your coffee for the third time, and let's do this. All right, so like I have shared before, there have been times over the years where I have just felt like I was not getting enough sleep. I've actually had times where I've had specific kids who were really struggling to sleep, whether that would be to fall asleep at night or I we had a child who during a time period where they were really struggling with a specific health issue, they were waking up around three or four every single morning and they were wide awake and it would be very loud and it would end up waking everyone else up. And I just, I know those feelings of desperation that come to you whenever you are sleep deprived and whenever you are desperate for some change, when you're desperate for some sleep. <laughs> and so I have really just had to figure out different things that we could do in our home that would be very beneficial for helping us to rest well. And now, obviously, there are times, like for instance, with one of my children, they were having some other underlying health issues that we had to address. And at times you're going to have those things, but if that is not what's going on, or maybe it's just actually habits that you have created in your home that you did not realize were actually causing you to have poor quality sleep or to, for your children to have poor quality sleep, then these habits are going to help you with really being able to figure out some tangible ways that you can go today and start making some changes in order for everyone in your house to be sleeping better. And I mean, that's the goal, right? We all need our rest. Our bodies need that time to really just be able to detox, to cleanse, to rejuvenate. Sleep is like one of my number one priorities. I want eight hours of sleep every day. I have my own health struggles with different, like a thyroid issue and I've had other health struggles that I am overcoming or really have already overcame at this point. But even still, getting enough rest is extremely important to me. It is extremely important to my health. It is also extremely important for me to be able to wake up every single day and to give my children my best, especially whenever I have children that might be having a specific struggle 
Maybe they are really having a lot of meltdowns that day. If I am not taking care of myself and being well rested, then the likelihood that I'm going to handle that in a way that I'm going to feel really good about, it's a lot lower. And so making sure I get enough sleep is extremely important to me. And I just want to encourage you guys and give you some tools that, like I said, you can go today and start implementing those things. So let's just go ahead and get started. The first thing I want to talk about is actually, and it's it seems strange, but it actually will start in the morning. And this may not be possible for you, but if it is, I think it's a great tip to try. And that that is actually to go out every single morning and watch the sunrise. Or you don't have to necessarily watch it rise, but at least go out as the sun is coming up at some point and, and look at the sun. And I'm not saying look directly at the sun, but I'm saying look at the sky. And the reason why is because there's actually a spectrum of light that is in the sunrise that signals our body to begin to shut off the melatonin production. And so melatonin is just basically a hormone that's produced by your body that's going to help to regulate your sleep and wake cycle. Melatonin is extremely important. We want it to turn off in the morning when we wake up because that's time we want to be awake. And we want to be alert and ready to start our day and energized. And then, of course, whenever it's time to go to sleep at night, we want that melatonin production to kick back in so that we can actually rest. And we want the same thing for our children. And like I said, you don't have to go out. It doesn't have to be some big thing, but even just spending, you know, five minutes just letting our eyes see that that spectrum of light is going to be very beneficial in signaling to our body Okay, it's time to turn off melatonin production. We're starting our day. And really, it does help with regulating that melatonin cycle because it truly is a cycle of off, on, off, on. And that's what we want in order to have healthy sleep habits. Okay, so the second thing I would say is actually to cut out caffeine. Now, this could be completely like I have done in the past, and I will give an episode on that, just kind of sharing my own experience with that because it's honestly been so beneficial for me, and I know there can be a lot of resistance as there was for me whenever I decided to do it. But then once I realized how much better I felt, um, I'm very passionate about it. So you could either completely cut out caffeine or you could do like I used to do prior to completely cutting out caffeine, which is... You could just say, okay, after noon or after two, I would not go any later than two personally, but you have to figure out what works for your body. I'm not going to consume anything with caffeine. During another episode, I will go a little bit more in depth on how caffeine actually affects the body and how it can even affect our sleep. But for now, just as like a quick tip, what I would say is look at at least making a cutoff for After this point in the day, I am no longer going to have caffeine. And again, you can look, you can just try it out for yourself and say, okay, I'll start with noon and see, okay, whenever bedtime comes, am I feeling like I'm able to actually unwind and go to sleep a lot faster? Okay, well, now if I do it at two, do I feel like it's actually pushing it to where I can't go to sleep at my normal time? And just kind of see where you're at. Now for your kids, my kids don't consume caffeine, but if yours do, this would be extremely important for them as well. If they are consuming caffeine, trying to cut it off early in the day. I mean, for kids, I would even say noon. Um, but you, like I said, figure out what works for you. Figure out what works for your kids. But definitely consider at least removing it after a certain point in the day so that you are able to actually fall asleep at night whenever you're ready to fall asleep. Okay, then number three would be the similar to number one, which is going to be to actually try to watch the sunset at night. 
The reason why? The same thing. The spectrum of light is actually going to signal your body to begin producing melatonin. So we're regulating that cycle. And I think it's honestly beautiful how God has created it to where our bodies really do connect with nature, which is what God created in order to to give us health. And there's so many different ways that this is true. I mean, you know, we talk about the different benefits of even just being in the soil and things like that. We can talk about grounding, which is to talk about really the the electromagnetic force that is on the earth, which is beneficial to our bodies. And God truly did design all of these things. It's the same with watching the sunrise and the sunset. He designed that in order to help us to be able to have healthy sleep cycles. And I just think that that's something that I I just kind of want to point out because sometimes we can overcomplicate things and think that we have to do all of this crazy stuff in order to be well, when a lot of times it's really just going back to really living on this earth as God designed us to. And and I'm not saying connecting with nature in like a woo-woo sense. That's not what I mean at all. I'm not about that in any way, shape, or form. But I think at the same time, um, sometimes when we're afraid that we're going to go too far into that woo-woo, we actually miss the beauty of how God has designed creation and actually designed it for us and for our health. And so I think really focusing on those simple things can be really, really beautiful. And I think it can be very freeing because it feels less overwhelming to go and watch the sunrise, watch the sunset, to be intentional, make that time of a time of prayer. Make that a time where you're actually expressing gratitude and thankfulness to the Lord. It could be any anything like that. But just really being intentional with that, I think, could be a really beautiful habit to create and to add to your life. Okay, number four would actually be no blue lights for at least an hour before bed. Now, if there are things that you need to be doing, you could use the blue light blocking glasses. Absolutely. Um, what I will do because I do often actually end up working in the evening, like I'm recording a podcast right now at 7.30. Now, I'm not going to bed at 8.30, but um, I will be I will be working for a little bit. And so what I will do is I will turn my phone, if I'm using my phone, I will turn my phone on grayscale mode, which I've shared before how to do that, although I don't recall <laughs> which episode it was in. But you can absolutely Google how to do it on your phone. Um And so I will turn my phone in grayscale mode, which basically just puts my phone in black and white. So I'm not being subjected to those blue lights. I actually try to keep my phone in grayscale mode most of the time, unless I'm needing to look at something in color specifically, just because it tends to actually make your phone less attractive to you. So you're going to be more likely to stay off of it, which has been very beneficial for me. I notice whenever I, let's say I go to look at a picture, I take it out of grayscale mode and then I forget to put it back in grayscale mode, I actually find myself on my phone a lot more than whenever I just keep it in grayscale mode. But that could be a great way to work around if you are needing to do things on a device. If it's a laptop, what I do, there's a setting where you can make it where the lights will turn to more of like an amber color on your um, laptop. I think it's like night mode or something like that. And then you could also use the blue light blocking glasses in order to just kind of benefit you in the area of trying to avoid blue lights. Highly recommend this for kids. My kids are pretty sensitive to screens. We do try to limit screen time because of that. But I will say in the past, and especially like when we're dealing with sickness, I do let my kids watch way more TV than they normally would just because they are laying around absolutely miserable and I'm okay with 
for those designated times, letting them have quite a bit more screen time, even though I know I'm going to end up paying for it in the long run. It's just something we do. But what I have noticed with my kids, even more so than me, is if they watch any kind of movie or like play on a tablet or anything like that on our iPad, anything. Um, I mean, probably even like by three or four in the afternoon, it is significantly harder for them to fall asleep at night. Now, different people have different sensitivities to screens. So this may not be the case for your child, but it is something I want to comment and just kind of share with you because I've noticed it for my kids. And that might be the case if you have a child who is really struggling to wind down at night, really trying to hone in and maybe even remove screens after early afternoon and see what that does for your child. Does it help them to be able to unwind faster and to fall asleep faster? The reason behind the whole blue light thing is actually because blue lights, they suppress the production of melatonin, which like we've said before, we're trying to turn it off in the morning and turn it back on at night. So whenever we're watching these screens with blue lights, melatonin actually is not being produced as it should which means our body is not getting the signal that it is time to go to sleep. So trying to avoid those things, at least I say an hour or even longer than that is even better in my opinion, but at least an hour before bed, just so that your body has time to actually produce that melatonin and start to unwind so that you can go to sleep. And I, like I said, I've just found it to be very beneficial for myself. I'm really trying to get into the habit of just putting my phone down in general whenever it's getting close to bedtime. And it's something that I often was using my phone. I would just like watch a video on YouTube or something like that to unwind and to fall asleep. And what I've realized since, especially in the last several weeks, I've just been like, nope, I'm not going to do that. The phone is going off because I do sleep with my phone off (laughs) because of EMF that it emits. And I just don't want to be sleeping with that right by my head all night. I've had issues in the past, which I pinpointed to that. So I turn my phone off when I go to sleep. But I was unwinding with the with like a a YouTube video or something like that. And now that I've actually been just saying, no, I'm just going to turn it off. Even if it's in grayscale mode, it doesn't really matter. Just turn the thing off. I have been falling asleep a lot faster and also sleeping a lot more deeply. So that's been really beneficial for me. And again, these are things that most likely or if you have a child who's falling asleep to, to a television show or something like that, that might be something to look at now. It is going to be harder for your child to make that transition, especially if you have a child who has any kind of disability and maybe they really struggle with changes in routine. I have kids who struggle with changes in routines. Sometimes you just have to baby step those things. Maybe you do just a little bit at a time. Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to let you watch for 30 minutes tonight. Then we're going to turn it off or and then we work up to 15 and then we do five and then we don't do any at all. You just have to do whatever works for you and your family. I I absolutely understand that this is not a cookie cutter thing. I have four different kids and each child is extremely different. And what they need and don't need is also extremely different. And so I understand we have to customize these things to our family. I just want to give you ideas that you can try to take into your home and figure out what works best for you. And for you to say, okay, we're really struggling and I'm at least going to try these things and see if it helps me or, or not. And if it doesn't, At least you know that you've tried and you can move on to the next thing. The other thing that I would say is to develop a bedtime routine. Extremely important for yourself and for your kids. 
it's the same thing. It's it's the routine. It's signaling to yourself, to your brain, hey, this is what we do every single night before we go to bed. And so your body and your brain, it's preparing you to go to sleep. It realizes, okay, this is what's about to happen next. So therefore, let's start unwinding and, and gearing up to go to sleep. So I have found that to be very beneficial for our kids and for myself is just having that consistent bedtime routine, which I'm not as great with for myself. I wish that I did it more consistently. I do have a routine, I guess, actually, but it's just not, I I wish that there was more to it, I guess. And that's something I need to work on for myself. Okay. The other thing that I would say, there are obviously different herbs and supplements you can take. I don't like to supplement with melatonin. There are a lot of studies, honestly, that have mixed reviews on it. Um, We have had to do it before for a child, but we weaned them off of it because I really just did not want to have to have to supplement with it. The thing for me is that it is a hormone. And whenever you supplement some kind of hormone with an like that you produce in your body, but you use an outside source to supplement it, it really does signal to the body that it no longer needs to make that hormone because it's already getting it. And that's part of why I just didn't want to have to resort to melatonin. Also, there have been different studies showing that it could be potentially harmful long-term use. I just, it's not my favorite. Again, that you can go find studies that say it either way. So you have to do what you feel is best. That is not what I tend to lean toward. What I actually prefer is to use things like a magnesium cream. And then for myself, I don't do it as much for my kids, not because there's anything wrong with it, but just because I don't know that I could get them to drink it. But I like to use herbal teas as well. And I I have done some some different types of teas with them before and like hit it in a, like a very small amount and hit it into a juice, but I truly don't think it was doing much for them. Another option you could try for children would be uh, tart cherry juice. It actually does naturally contain melatonin and tryptophan in it, which is going to help with sleep. I have done it before in the past for my kids, especially when I was trying to transition that child off of the liquid melatonin drops we were using. But it's not something that I use on on an everyday basis. Really, the only one that I actually use on an everyday basis, especially for my kids, is magnesium cream. There are like some sleepy time drops I've used before that are herbal tinctures. That would be a great option if you don't want to do teas for your child, but you do want to have some kind of herb for them would be to do like a glycerite for them because that's going to, a glycerite is just going to be a sweeter tasting option versus a tincture, which is alcohol-based and can be a little intense. Um, so I have done those before as well, and and I have had good results for those with my kids. Now for myself, I will make myself a cup of herbal tea. I really like that. I That is kind of part of my bedtime routine, actually, would be to have some kind of warm drink. I will either do like a herbal tea, or sometimes I will do a hot cacao with like um, some good fats in it, which is another thing I would recommend. This is kind of a bonus. I just thought of it would be making sure that everyone is getting a good amount of fat close to bedtime because that's going to help you to feel full. And it's also going to help you to relax to be able to sleep. Um, And that's something that I've done for my kids is trying to give them a good dose of some kind of fat before bed. And it does help them to be able to fall asleep and stay asleep a lot better. Okay, I do want to share some of the herbs that I really like for sleep. One of them, I actually, this is one I don't necessarily use because I do have thyroid issues. 
But lemon balm, I, it tastes great. Um, and it would be a great herb for a tea if you're looking to help to be able to be relaxing and calming. I just don't use it for myself just because of, like I said, I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis and I prefer to avoid it because of that. Another great option would be chamomile, um, catnip, valerian, passionflower, skullcap, uh, holy basil, or tulsi, it is also called. I So <laughs> I have planted a bunch of tulsi last year in my garden, and my husband loved it, and I did not like the taste of it at all. And I've heard that it's either a love-hate relationship, and for me, I just didn't really like it. Now, I don't mind it in a blend, and a lot of times I will do these teas in a blend. I won't just do just one of them. They will be blended together. And there are different sleepy time blends that you can get already made if you don't want to make your own tea blend. Absolutely an easy way to do that. And a lot of them will contain several of these different herbs. So that just gives you a few options if you're wanting to know what kind of herbs would be beneficial for helping me to unwind and to fall asleep at night. Those are some of the ones that I have used before and and have really liked. Again, with the exclusion of not liking the taste of Tulsi and then not using lemon balm as much as I did before just because of my thyroid. And the fact that it really has been contraindicated when you have any kind of thyroid issue. It's something I just prefer to avoid, even though honestly, I absolutely love the taste of it. Okay, and the last one is going to be to actually just make sure that your room is cool and dark whenever you are sleeping. Um, Melatonin, again, it's going to respond to darkness. So whenever you see light, that is actually going to signal the body, oh, it must be daylight. We should turn off the production of melatonin. So keeping the room dark is going to allow melatonin to continue to be produced. And the same with being with things being cool. We all know if you've ever had to sleep in a room where you were extremely hot, it is very hard to stay comfortable, to stay asleep. You tend to be more restless. And honestly, just we just tend to sleep better whenever a room is cool and dark. So that would be the number seven for me. I would love to hear from you. Is there anything else you would add to this list? Have you tried any of these? Have you found them to be very beneficial? What has been your experience with them? Or what is it that you're going to try from this list? Head over to our free Facebook community and share with us. You can find us at bit.ly slash motherhood community. I hope to see you there and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I will see you back next time. Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who is wanting to live more holistically without the overwhelm? Also, don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a review. It blesses and encourages me to know that this show is helping you. All right, friends, it's time for me to go work in the garden and make some homemade bone broth. I will see you back next week.